All right, my friend, here we go. This is part two, continuation of what we started last week, which is which was how to program workouts in general. And mm-hmm. we ended that one, and I felt pretty good. And you clued me into the fact that even though we gave a ton of information, we never actually programmed one darn workout. It was these you know big, broad brush general concepts. So that's our goal today. Let's follow the breadcrumb trail that we left in the previous episode and program one workout. Yes, and for those of you that might not have heard that last episode or seen it on the YouTube page, I would encourage you to go back and do that because in my opinion, it was a really cool kind of 10,000 foot view into the mind of Pat Sherwood. And we, uh, we got to see a really cool template that was laid out. We got to see how you kind of process from beginning stages of a four week uh, period of time, um, how you start laying out general themes and how that kind of informs the decisions that you're going to make. And so what we're doing here is kind of assuming that we have some of those themes in place. We're going to take one of them. And uh, what I thought it'd be really cool to do is just kind of compare and contrast what Pat came up with under those conditions and what I came up with under those conditions. And, and maybe we can reverse engineer a little bit how we got to some of these workouts, because you know, a few things. Number one, it's it's never going to be the case that there's only one workout that's going to fit for the day. Right. Your your programming is not that fragile that it's going to be so specific. And if it's not perfect, it's going to break somehow. Mm-hmm. So get that out of your mind right away. Um, and number two, you know, there is going to be a lot of room for um, kind of your flavor or uh, something that you think is going to be a fun combination or a combination that's a little bit uh, different than maybe what you've done in the past. And so give yourself the room to experiment with some of that. Um, and at the other end of it, I think um, if you're anything like me, when you start going, I'm like, okay, I write one workout and then that spawns like eight other workouts that come off of it. And I might end up rejecting four or five of them just because they don't really fit or they're not that great, but it begets itself. And you can either shelve those for later, you can refine some of the ones that, that come off of it. Um, and, and it's all a good exercise to do. So anyway, a long way of saying we're going to get to a single workout and we're going to hopefully shed some light on how we got there. I agree. And and yes to everything that you just said. And I And if we didn't say this in the last episode, we probably did. But this is just stylistic, right? Like this is just mm. this is just my process. Talk to fifteen different people, get fifteen different processes. Use what you like from this, discard what you don't like, create your own process. And at the end of the day, if whatever you come up with as a programmer leads to effective workouts that make your community fitter, faster, stronger, and healthier, then my hat's off to you and you're doing it right. So so, so there's yep. there's things that we gotta do conceptually speaking, that are somewhat rigid, meaning go below parallel, go overhead, pull from the ground. But how you get there, you've got a a fair degree of stylistic freedom as to how you get there. And that's the beautiful thing about programming the art versus science, which is why today there's a very unlikely chance that you and I both came up with the same workout stylistically, but I've got a feeling that it will cover the bases that it needs to cover and mission accomplished. We're all good to go. So I think where we left this last time because we went in so many different directions. And then since that last podcast, we talked a couple of times like, okay, so what should be the like the global parameters? And I think we we ended on, we're going to need a workout that is the analysis 
that we talked about in the last podcast, let's say it led to this day should be below parallel. At least this is what I wrote down. Maybe maybe I messed this up and yep. you got something different. Below no, no. parallel. Yeah, I think we got the same thing. Upper body gymnastics pole. And then I yep. also wrote down heavy day at a high heart rate, but I don't know if I included that in your thing as well. You did. And then you also said that probably going to fall somewhere between five and 12 minutes. That yeah. Was the... Yep. Like a short to a moderate time. Yep. Okay. We're yep. on the same. Yep. We're in the same sheet of music. So you said you came up with a handful of workouts, which is really cool. Mm. I, you know, unbeknownst of, as to what you were going to do, I came up with just one. And it's actually the one that thinking mm. through my head, because this is kind of based on real life stuff that occurred and programming cycle that I did where it led me. I have the analysis yep. that I did that led to the actual workout that I created. So you've got several where I've got one. So maybe you can share, you know, one or two of yours. I'll chat about the one that I had and you can finish with the couple others that you do. And we can kind of compare and contrast who came up with what. Yeah, well, maybe the best place to start then is I'll give you the one that I ultimately landed on okay. and the one that I like the most for that set of parameters. I want to, hold on, I want to, get, then, I want to get someone to like scratch this down so I can keep them in my head. Yeah. Okay, continue. continue. And, I got then, good. and then we can maybe compare uh, the processes yeah. on how I landed there. So where I ultimately ended up, and I'm looking over at my whiteboard because I have a couple of them written up on the board. So and I excited. tried to sketch... Yeah, sketch a little bit of a, a path as to how I got there. But where I landed was a descending rep scheme of 10, 8, 6, 4, and 2 of back squats and bar muscle-ups. And so the back squat, I thought, for the gentleman would be a minimum of 225. And I can see going as heavy as 275 if you have some really strong individuals that you're working with. But the goal there would be that those sets are doable, unbroken, um, you might not want to do them unbroken, but but it's possible. Um, and then the bar muscle-ups, again, for a really fit individual, it wouldn't be too many breaks within the sets, like maybe one break in the sets. And so it's this kind of constant back and forth between those two more challenging movements. So it uh, works out to 30 reps of each. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's where I landed. That was my favorite of the batch. But I have several more that I think have a lot of potential as well. It's gorgeous. It's a beautiful nice. workout. I mean, as, as a, I like, I'm grinning ear to ear like a kid on Christmas. I mean, I, I adore this stuff. I'm so excited to hear what the workout was yeah. that you came up with. That's a fantastic workout. I've, I've got a, it's funny. There's something in there that I, I'm sure it was intentional, but I'm, it relates to a decision that I made later, which is funny. So I can, ch I'll, I'll, I made a little note to circle back to it. Um, and it agreed for the 225 or the 275, and you landed on 225, right? Yeah, I think for most people, that's going to be an appropriate weight. You know, for most of us that are, uh, you know, fit and doing these things on a regular basis, 225 is going to be uh, plenty, yes. plenty of a, of a drink. Uh, you know, in my younger <laughs> days, I might have felt a little gung-ho and said that that needs to be pushed up. And, and certainly there are some, some athletes out there that, hey, man, no problem. They can load it up. But, but I think 225 is going to be appropriate for most of us for, uh, on the gentleman's side. I, I yeah. feel really confident saying for the huge percentage of yeah. people working out at CrossFit gyms <laughs> or in their yeah. garage, 225 is going to be still a robust undertaking that you're, you are not going to yeah. be shortchanged. And 275, while this is, what, again... This is the nuanced stuff, right? That's interesting for, I think anyway, for inter interesting for people at home, hopefully. We both agree at 225. 275, 
isn't wrong. It's just different. Mm-hmm. It just depends on, you know, you've got that phrase of most, 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 right? Like, like what works for most people under most circumstances most of the time. And that's where I think the 225 is. It's going to be a mm-hmm. really tough workout. And you're going to get stronger below parallel from doing this workout. So there you have mission accomplished is what we're trying to do. There's mm-hmm. a good chance that a bunch of people who would do well at this workout and put up a, a fair time at 225, if they're putting up a fair time, they're, they're pretty darn strong. They could probably do it at 275, but the bar would just be probably racked more and broken up more than it would yep. be at 220, 225. So that doesn't mean Absolutely. that it's wrong or that one's better or worse than the other. It's just simply a different workout. And for I would say for everyone at home, what might guide you as to which two of those choices you make you know, you had this almost a bit more difficult than than I did. Since I was playing in my mind off of a four-week block that I really did, I truly looked back at the workouts that I did and saw what the loadings were, saw whatever mm. it was. You know, you didn't have that that luxury, but in the real world, you would have been able to look back and I feel that probably would have given you even more insight as to which of those yeah. two potential choices was really the beautiful sweet spot. But But getting back to the most, 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 I think it's 225, just 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 like you said. I think that's yeah, I think that's I, great. I agree. And I would say that for this one as well, you know, that um and I, I'm kind of picturing a, you know a really competent athlete who's gonna do this almost unbroken, you know, like they they could do it without taking a break uh between these two movements. It's gonna be closer to the five-minute mark. It's gonna be a pretty quick effort for those really, really fit individuals. And so if you skew it a little bit heavier, that's kind of the trade-off as well as you're going to start to lengthen out the time that it takes to complete this thing. Mm -hmm. And that might be totally appropriate to your point. You know, if I had the luxury of looking back over a couple of days of workouts and saying, all right, how does this fit best? That would better inform where I ultimately would land. And I would be able to say with confidence, like, okay, you know what? Yeah, the 225 in a shorter application with a little bit more intensity, that's the direction for today. Or conversely, hey, you know what? We haven't done a lot of heavier loading. Let's see if we can bump it just a little bit and accept the fact that it's going to take a little bit longer to chew through it. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, there's so many things that could get me off topic here. I know they're, yeah. they're great. Well, the, okay. Before before you get too far off topic, then what's yours? Let's let's hear where you landed, and then maybe we can kind of reverse engineer some of this. All right, but I wanted to say for yours, oh, what did I just have? Um, that five-minute or potentially just under five-minute timeline you had, yes, but I'll tell you what that man or woman is a beast okay absolutely and, if you and, can pull that off in close to five minutes you're beast. an animal i mean there's that's, no yeah that's not going to be i think most 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 but no uh, <laughs> definitely not yeah. i also think and this is just i'm willing to the to the possibility that this is one of the 400 times that i'm wrong each day i would think if you get that you know a solid crossfitter who this is the appropriate workout, they're not going to have to scale, it's going to be appropriately challenging for them. I think that individual, most of the time, is going to break up the bar muscle-ups more than the back squats. Absolutely. Which, yes. again, not to get off topic, but what does that lead you down? Eh, maybe we should pay more mm. attention to some body weight movements, but okay, neither here nor there. Um, what would you say? Oh, I should give my. I should give mine? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Show me yours. What, what do you got? So... I, I'll tell you what it was, and then I can tell you how I got yep. there. So Great. what, I, can, yeah, what I wound up doing was uh, the rep scheme of 15, 12, 9, 6, 3. 
of a front squat at 185 or 135 paired with chest-to-bar pull-ups. Mm. The reason that I made several of those decisions, well, the reason I identified the movement as front squat was, again, I had the luxury of literally looking back through where we had been, and I looked back through where we had been below parallel, be it on a regular kind of a workout day, a classic heavy day, or a heavy day at a high heart rate. And that led me very pretty darn well to it should be a front squat. And I played that same mm -hmm. game with the loadings as well. And it leaned me to, I wanted to pick a loading for this, particularly for the front squat. That was, for that most, 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 doable, but borderline obnoxious. Like that was an actual intentional decision. Uh, because you know the front squat's challenging enough, and 185 mm. for those sets is is no jokes and no joke. And I would think that a fair number of even competent or capable athletes, I wouldn't expect them to just blow through the 15, 12, 9, 6, 3 mm. uh, fast and unbroken. I would expect that bar to hit the ground a couple of times, potentially in those larger sets of the 15 and the 12. Because with something paired with like a chest-to-bar pull-up, the cycle rate is so quick on that chest-to-bar pull-up and it's so gassing that you're going to find yourself right back at that barbell for that set of 12 mm -hmm. really quick. And it's going to feel yeah. as if the set of 15 didn't feel heavy enough and maybe you had to drop it once. The 12 is going to be a, an eye-opening experience. And then, thank heavens, after that, we get into the single digits of the 9 and the 6 yep. and the 3. And hopefully it's just riding that razor's edge of where you want to be and what's challenging but appropriate for them. And I envision this also without a rack taking the barbell from the floor. And I, my caveat to that is always for something like this, that take it from mm. the floor unless doing so is an unsafe and poor decision. Like that's always the, mm -hmm. uh, the deal. But I, for this one, also wanted it from the floor to subliminally encourage athletes to hold on to it. Right, mm. so that you don't yep. have to do another yeah, clean. Like, darn it! Yep. I don't want to put this stupid thing down <laughs> and yep. have to do another clean. So it will, it will force you to make sure that you're ready before you pick it up, and 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 dig in, if you will. And so I played that same game with the below parallel movement, and I played that same game with the upper body pull of where had I literally been previously? What were all the different rep ranges and what needed to make an appearance? And it led me to the chest-to-bar pull-up. And the thing that I noted in your workout that made me think of something for mine, and, I, and I'm curious to hear your thought on this, was I identified two upper body pulling movements that either one could have made an appearance and would have been great. The chest-to-bar pull-up and the bar muscle-up. But when I initially landed on first what I wanted, the below parallel, which if I had to prioritize one of the two things, I would say that for that particular workout, the below parallel heavy was slightly more of the focus. And the mm -hmm. other movement was going to be complementary to it or you know, secondary, if you will, not unimportant, but secondary. And so then I went with the chest to bar pull up because under the most, most, most sort of a thing. 45 repetitions of that front squat are super challenging. 45 repetitions of chest bar are great, but I didn't want to put in 45 repetitions of a bar muscle-up. I figured for most CrossFitters, the ones that I'm yeah, picturing in my head, that's too much volume of the bar yeah. muscle-up. So for that rep scheme that I decided, 
the bar muscle up didn't fit. And so the very next workout that week, not the next day, but the next workout in that week that had an upper body pull, I put in bar muscle ups there because they needed to make an appearance. So, but they just didn't mm. fit on that particular day. And so getting back to something that we said in episode number one, there's no need to force it. You know, three days later, yep. we did bar muscle ups. Everybody's okay. Fitness was achieved. <laughs> so that's, that's uh, some of the stuff behind the scenes there. And I did this workout and I would consider myself a wonderfully unremarkable average athlete. And this took me mm. about 7.30 to do. And, you know, we're kind nice. of looking for that 5 to 12-ish kind of a deal. Yeah. Well, so it's interesting, you know, like what immediately popped in my mind when I saw this combination that you sent me was actually an old main site workout um, from a long time ago, which was uh, front squats, I believe at body weight, and then um, legless rope climb. Oh, beautiful. Front squats. 10 down to one of uh, body weight front squats with a legless rope climb in between each set. I believe that's how it was written. And I thought, man, that was going to be it right there. It's a great one. Uh, yeah. And, and I like that workout a lot. But um, ultimately, why I didn't land on it is because it wasn't quite heavy enough. I mm. think body weight is challenging for sure. But I think that you know, if we're looking for really kind of higher loading percentage, it might not be quite enough for a large portion of the group. And on the other end of that, it might be too much. You know, if you have somebody who's a little deconditioned or a little oh, yeah. overweight, you know, now you've got a completely different stimulus as well. So I, I thought that was going to be a little bit too finicky. Um, so really when I kind of finalized the workout that I that gave you with the front squats and bar muscle ups, I went back and I thought, okay, like, it, it's kind of weird having a lot of experience and having, you know, written a lot of workouts. A lot of times things happen a lot faster than the process. Mm -hmm. And so I went back and tried to identify, okay, how did I get here? And where it kind of led me was that uh, I made a list of the movements that I thought would be appropriate. And that list included back squat, front squat, overhead squat, and thruster. And I immediately kind of mentally eliminated overhead squats and thrusters were borderline mm -hmm. for the sole reason that loading them to what I thought was going to be appropriate for this parameter wasn't going to be um, an option. So those were kind of removed at the outset. I then I did the same thing that. with the, uh, yeah, then I did the same thing with upper body pulling movements. I thought, okay, I've got pull-ups. Uh, to a lesser extent, something like a toe to bar would fit in there. Mm -hmm. um, I've got chest to bar pull-ups. I've got bar muscle-ups. I've got ring muscle-ups. I've got rope climbs. I've got legless rope climbs. So I've got a pretty robust list there. And then I started thinking, okay, if, if my rep scheme is going to be higher, there's certain movements that are going to coincide with that a little bit better. You know, regular pull-ups, toes right. to bar are going to favor a higher rep scheme rope climbs, legless rope climbs are going to be kind of the opposite end of that. And muscle ups will be a little bit more in the middle, probably skewed towards the lower reps. Okay. So then I started thinking, okay, what do I want to pair together? And going back and forth, basically just running some of these combinations. Now, again, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but having been doing this sort of thing for 15, 16 years now, mm -hmm. maybe even longer, um, that process is really quick and I wouldn't say automatic, but it's certainly not as conscious as writing all of these things out, making some pairings, 
putting those together and then ending up at a workout. It's a lot faster than that. But when I take a look at what I mentally went through right. to arrive at that very quickly, that's part of the process. It's fast until you have to explain it to somebody else. Then you're like, oh, yeah, exactly. there's a right. lot to unpack yes. and how, but yeah. right. it's just, it's like everything else in this world that you get more reps, your speed mm -hmm. becomes quicker and you can look at things and just immediately eliminate some things right off the right. bat. And with every elimination, your focus gets honed down as to what we're actually going to do today. You know, while well, I don't have another workout to offer you, I could, what I wanted to mention as well is, you know, I chose that 15, 12, 9, 6, 3 rep scheme intentionally thinking about the loading and thinking about everything else that was going on and the goal to make it pretty darn hard, but not have more standing around than needed. Like, because it's certainly yep. good to go that yeah, there's going to be good. some standing around because you're just taxed and you're winded and you're recovering and you don't want to pick it up before you can actually do a front squat with proper mechanics. That's all good decision-making. I could have achieved the same thing. Well, again, we never want to say that things are right or wrong, right? Let me tell you the way that I think you could do it wrong would be, had I made the same workout, but instead of 15, 12, 9, 6, 3, it was 21, 15, 9. Still getting to 45 reps. And again, I know it's harsh to call it wrong, but the, uh, that workout that I created right there, I don't personally like it for what I was trying to do because it's just going to, that's going to promote a huge amount of standing around for most people. To open up with a set of 21 front squats at 185 <laughs> is a big ask for 95% of the CrossFitting population. Well, and mentally, if you're starting with a real banger of a set like that, and you know the next number is also Correct. pretty enormous, it encourages you to be pretty conservative in your approach. So, yep. yeah. It just changes yep. the game entirely. And I'm not saying that there's never a place to do that, but I'm saying if you do it, do it intentionally and do it that you're, and do it with your eyes wide open as to what the work right. to rest ratio for most athletes yep. will truly look like same loading, same overall volume, different rep scheme, game changer. And mm -hmm. I could have got to the same end state instead of doing 15, 12, 9, 6, 3. Let's say that we did five rounds of nine and nine. That would be actually quite a Ooh. really nice workout, quite frankly. I mean, just yeah. some mildly like obnoxious too. sets to keep you moving yep. each time that you can be like, dang it, I actually think I can do this one again, even though I don't want to. And those sets of nine are going to become quite nettlesome very quickly. And mm -hmm. so again, there's multiple ways we could have done this. And I also on this particular workout, I don't recall exactly what it was, but I did in the explanation offer up also a percentage of one rep max to use as a scale option in case, you know, it's 185, 135, but if on the gentleman's side of the house, if your one rep max front squat is 205, you should not do this workout at 185 pounds, okay? That's, <laughs> right. that's not yeah. what we're going for. And so, you know, there is, even though the workout is the most, 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 you still provide some ancillary information to help everybody make the best decision possible and get as close to what you and the programmer envisioned in your head as the kind of intended stimulus. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it is interesting, um, you know, just the the different offshoots that come through it. And, you know, I'll tell you kind of going back to the 
machinations that I described on how I landed at that workout, uh, I found that exercise pretty useful, even though that is not at all how I approach things. And again, I think that's a product of you know, I'm lucky enough to have the experience. Um, but it, it did yield some pretty cool things because I'm like, oh, look at all these other combinations that are possible. And it was very easy to start creating several other workouts as an offshoot. So for example, um, you know, using that workout that I ended up on the 10, 8, 6, 4, 2 front squats and bar muscle ups, I thought, okay, originally I liked this rope climb front squat idea. Uh, I'm sorry, I, my workout was back squats and bar muscle ups. I liked initially this front squat rope climb idea. And so I thought, okay, well, maybe I could use the back squat theme with the slightly heavier weight and do a rope climb uh, with that and just do an AMRAP. So how about a 10 minute AMRAP with five back squats and one legless rope climb just back and forth? I thought that would be kind of interesting, but I didn't like the amount of transition time that was going to be uh, happening there. So I thought, okay, well, maybe we bump it up to seven reps on the back squat and two regular rope climbs and lower the weight a little bit to something like 205. And now you've got something that, uh, you know, is going to keep the average, not the average, uh, the, the fit person moving um, a little bit more than they are resting with some very difficult movements at, at a high heart rate. So that was one direction I went. Um, and then the other direction I went was, okay, let's take a look at one of this maybe movements, uh, the thruster, which I kind of rejected sort of because it, it wasn't going to be heavy enough, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. the, uh, the total load wasn't going to be that significant. But I thought, all right, well, let's play around with the heavy thruster and see what we can pair with it. And so I thought a heavier thruster with a lower rep scheme paired with a higher rep scheme of something like a chest to bar or a toe to bar mm -hmm. would be a nice combo. And so again, I landed on, um, the sketch of the workout was seven thrusters at 135 or 155 even, and 12 chest to bar pull-ups back and forth between those. Oof. And I never really completed that. I didn't see it through to, you know, is this going to be uh, kind of an AMRAP style? Is this going to have a certain amount of rounds? Um, but I liked the pairing and, and, to me, it created all these kind of cool placeholders where I'm like, oh, these are good ideas that can be developed later. And I have a nice little starting point for some other opportunities um, in my template, you know, should they come handy later. You know, that whether you're doing it on a piece of paper, you're doing it on a whiteboard, you're doing it or whatever, I, you know, I do something very similar. You know, I'm in my Google Sheets, I guess it is docs, whatever has the cubes, whichever one has the cubes, Adrian. <laughs> Uh, the cubes and I and I lay that out but what I'll do on any one particular day like let's say that initially it says uh, general as below parallel upper body pull heavy day to high heart rate and then something makes an appearance like that 15 12 9 6 3 and that goes in there and then I I don't consider that day done right so I'm, right. I'm sketching out yep. for four weeks that's just a placeholder it's a pretty darn good placeholder but it's it's not carved in stone just yet. And maybe I move mm -hmm. on to the next day, which is whatever, pull from the ground and blah, 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 something else. Well, as just just like what you said at, for one day, that applies to the grand scheme of things as well. As you start to spitball and add or eliminate things on one particular day, and it, it sharpens your focus and sharpens your focus and sharpens your focus as to what is really going to work. Well, that same thing happens 
as you're doing that with each day, because each day plays off the other one, you know? And so that's why you can't fall in love with any one particular day, because mm-hmm. maybe three days later, something happens that it influences something that those chest bar pull-ups or those rope climbs actually work a whole heck of a lot better here. That's okay. You can't fall in love with any one particular workout. Ideally, you fall in love with the process and fall in love with delivering yep. the results. And so these things might shift a little bit. And so I'll have in my, um, you know, each day that I have in my, my Google Doc here, there might be four variations of that workout in that one day. I might have put in 15, 12, 9, and I might have also put in five rounds of nine and nine. And I might also, mm-hmm. maybe let's say I put in 21, 15, 9, that workout I said that I didn't like. And what I might do is, even though there's three workouts stacked there, as those get played with and as the other days get played with, I might shift the order. And whichever one is at the top is the current one that I feel actually fits the best. And if that, then maybe it might yeah. take the second position when I wake up tomorrow and something else changes. And then as one of those three options becomes plainly obvious that it doesn't work, I just delete it, get rid of it, get it off the page. And mm. so there's this nice little just constant massaging, as I like mentioned in the previous one. And with every pass of the paper, every polish of whatever, something gets removed and you're a little bit by little bit left with the actual chess pieces on the board that you you want to be there. And that's it's very gratifying, you know, as it as it starts to come yeah. into focus and kind of uh, crystallize. Yeah. No, and I, I think that uh, is one of the big highlights from what I took away from our conversation last time was, you know, give yourself the opportunity to let it rest for a little while and come back to it. Don't try to force it into a specific time frame. Give yourself enough opportunity to come back and, and view it with a fresh set of eyes. 100%. Um, because that's really, yeah, where the magic happens. when you, If you're kind of scrambling to um, say, okay, I got to get this month of programming done in the next two hours like man good luck coming up with anything useful right it's uh i mean you'll you'll have some workouts and i'm sure that they will be better than nothing but the walking away is critical yeah it's not going to be nearly as good as it can be so give yourself that opportunity to come back with a fresh perspective and um i I might jump in with this too this is something we've said on on other podcasts as well but it certainly i think fits here i mean we're talking programming Again, like so many other things, right? I would say this is a general guideline, not a no kidding rule that you can never violate. But, and if, you know, it's we have to define what a better workout is. But mm. I would also say, as a new programmer or a veteran programmer, in my opinion, that the overwhelming majority of the time during this whole process, during the massage and during the whatever you want to call it, the overwhelming majority of the time, things get better when I don't overcomplicate what I'm doing and with any one particular workout, if I have two or three or four versions of a workout that might fit that day and, oh, you know what? We haven't done this in a while. So I try to put that in and that workout too. And, oh, oh, we kind of haven't been on the rower in a bit. Could I make a row fit with this workout too? And it just like, it's usually becomes a worse workout, however you want to define that. But I know what it means in my head anyway. When I start, putting stuff in that it shouldn't and it becomes a better workout when I make a a simpler clean when I reduce yeah. whatever it is instead of add to it the overwhelming majority of the time I'm profoundly more happy with the result maybe that's a way for me to say yeah. it yeah 
Well, and to take that one step further, I think this is where the programming discussion can't exist in a vacuum. And maybe this is something we can talk about in depth uh, on another show. But people want to hang their hat on the program as being the most exclusive and important aspect of their fitness plan. And it certainly has a huge impact. But if you're a coach, if you're anybody that has to apply this, if you're just the athlete that is doing it, you know that there's more to just having that workout of the day to do. You're going to need to warm up. You're going to need to practice the skills. You're going to need to hit that thing hard with intensity. You're going to need to do something to uh, kind of bring yourself back down to a normal state. You know, so that lesson plan or class plan or even just personal workout plan that fits in around that workout has to have room to be um, flexible as well. Mm -hmm. And if it's not, it doesn't matter if you've got the perfect program. I'm here to tell you that it's not going to be as effective as you want. I've seen it so many times where you have, um, you know, a well-meaning coach or a well-meaning affiliate owner, and they just try to jam so much inside a single session that no one thing ever gets the attention that it's due. And it may look like a really well-thought-out program because of all of the things that you're doing but nobody ever gets any sort of true development on any of it. And so right. you get this kind of mile wide, but an inch deep type of fitness. And at the end of the day, it's not as effective as it could be. So I, that's one thing that I think you also have to keep in mind um, is that application matters. And just because you have a workout written down on a piece of paper, there's still lots more that's going to be very important that, results in somebody getting fitter it's not you know that that's a big start and that's obviously a giant building block in the in the piece there or in the puzzle but it cannot be the only lens that you're looking at um it's just the starting point so yeah lots of meat on the bone there and whether you're in your garage or running a class i mean you touched on but just the time management and not cramming up yeah i mean i don't i can't speak for most people but whether i'm doing the workout that I came up with, which has a 185 front squat, or the one that you came up with, with a 225 back squat, I'm not going to be ready to squat that load in three or four minutes. Like I'm going to mm -hmm. need some actual yeah. time to prep and warm up and get below yep. parallel and feel good and get my midline fired up and kind of build up to that loading so that I can move it with a purpose in the workout. Mm -hmm. You know, And if you don't give me the time to do that, either by yourself in your own garage gym or in an affiliate, yeah. you're, you're setting somebody up for Good failure. Luck. If you're going to put them under that sort of a loading and say, three, two, one, go, you know, so make sure you're, yep. and, and on top of how I think people are starting to get a sense of, in my humble opinion, just like anything else in life, to do something and to do it well, it takes time. And like you said, don't try to knock out this month's program in two hours. It's probably not going to go well as your savant, but, uh, and just bear in mind, once you get all of this stuff done, whether it's your programming one week, two weeks, or whatever it happens to be, you're most likely going to need a really fair amount of time, by the way, to come up with a warm-up that makes sense for whatever it is that your yep. body is actually doing that day. I'm here to tell you, that takes a fair amount of time, thought, and effort as well. Sure. And then, if you are running a class working out in your garage, it's probably good to have these goal times set up so got to kind of figure out roughly what's this workout going to take. That's going to help you manage your time as well. And then you might have to make several various options based upon that prescribed workout of the day. If right. It's a scaled one, a dumbbell yep. one, multiple scaling options. And so again, 
if you wait to the last minute, you try to rush it all, I, I don't think you're going to be doing yourselves or your members yep. uh, a service. That's probably yep. how I could say that. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, I'll add one more nuance there, too, for the people that are thinking about um, the application of this. Okay, you've got your program. Cool. Now, now I have to run it. Um, and especially if you're coaching other people, you know, it's now your responsibility to look at the effect. I think that's where we started was, okay, any good program is going to be measured exclusively by the results it produces. That's the mm -hmm. only metric that should really be of major concern. Um, so that being said, when you get halfway through, let's say we've taken the Pat Sherwood approach and you've got a four week block and you're chugging along through these workouts and you're, you know, two and a half weeks deep and everybody is just beat up. <laughs> and yes. you come to a day where it's a real grinder coming down the pipe and you're looking at the population of people that you're working with. And you're like, wow, these guys have really worked. Don't fall in love with what's on the sheet of paper so much that you you can't change it. It's one of those weird mental traps that we've all been in. Yes. We're like, well, it's on the sheet of paper. <laughs> it yep. has to be this. It, it's like, no, it doesn't. You can absolutely and should monitor what's happening in real time as the program is unfolding and make informed decisions based on what you're seeing. Give yourself the permission to do that once you've got things um, written in. And it'll, it'll make everybody's life better. And, Trust and me. I would say another way to think of it too is, you know, if it's just you in your garage, great. You know how yeah. you feel, you know how you slept, you know how you ate, you know how your hamstrings are feeling today. Ideally, mm -hmm. you can take that information, get your ego out of the way and make a good decision as to whatever you should do today based upon hitting it just as it is with just incredible mm. ferociousness. Uh, should today be kind of a moderate day? But bear in mind, if you've got a class of 10, 20 people, whatever it happens to be, whatever workout you came up with might make all the sense in the world based upon what you've done the last two, three or four days. And it's supposed to be this Maybe it's a short and sharp interval style where it's short time domains, high intensity and bringing the fires, what today is all about. And everyone agrees, you nailed it. Great workout. But you've got 20 people in your class. Five of them might feel like garbage because of how they slept or how mm. they whatever. And having that conversation with them beforehand, don't fall in love with it so much that maybe it makes sense for those five people not to mail it in. But to be like, hey, today's supposed to be a light your tail on fire day. But based upon what you've just told me, I don't want you to light your tail on fire. Today. Because you're yep. doing, maybe it's five by 500 meter row intervals, right? It's like, look, right. I don't want you to hold, you know, a 135. You know, I, I want you to hold a 145. And you know what? That's going to be plenty hard. You're going to be plenty fit. This is a long-term game that we're chasing. And you smoking yourself today just because that's the intent of the workout yeah, it's the intent of the workout, but life doesn't care what the intent of the workout is. Mm -hmm. So take all of those factors into consideration and then make the best decisions so that your athletes keep showing up every darn day. I don't care if they win the leaderboard today. Yeah. Let's have them still be on the leaderboard two years from now. That's that's kind of yep. more what I'm interested in. Yeah. Yep. Couldn't agree more. I think uh, I'm looking at my notes here. Let me see. I think that's about all. I've got, uh, maybe I just off the cuff will tell somebody that there could be 15 different ways to scale the workout that I mentioned, but uh, let's, I'll give you a real simple one. It's 15, 12, 9, 185, 135, front squat, chest to bar pull up. A scaled workout could be knocking the loading down to 135 and 95, scaled even more to 95, 65. 
somebody's got front rack issues, go ahead and do a back squat. Don't have the chest to bar pull-ups. You're not going to be shortchanged with kipping chin over the bar. Don't have that. Mm-hmm. You can use a band as long as it's not one that's going to shoot you into orbit and that you've been using for the last three years. It is kind of a crutch. Like, you know, make sure it's a darn challenging band that you're mm-hmm. still actually developing your upper body pull. Ring rows are absolutely fantastic. You know, so there's a whole bunch of things that everybody could be doing an appropriately challenging version of the same workout that meets them wherever they are, you know, and, uh, mm-hmm. and we could, we could, you know, make a lot more out of it than that. But I think that's appropriate. I have one question for your workout that I know what I Give would do, but this, okay. I hear this all the time. So let's say that I took your workout. I loved it. I think it's fantastic. I steal it. I'm going to give you credit, yep. but I, I posted for my community. I'm like, no, this, is, this is compliments of Adrian Bosman, you know, send all yep. hate mail to him. <laughs> somebody is going to, unless I say something, somebody's going to say that 225 back squat, is that from the rack or from the ground? What's your opinion? Oh, a hundred percent. If for this workout, I was thinking from the rack uh, back squat, I don't think lends itself well to taking from the floor. I know that people are hot shots and they'll pop it over from the uh, the top, but when it's heavy like that, that's pretty risky in my opinion. Um, behind the head stuff in general, I, I have bad shoulders from many years of abuse. And so uh, I, I shy away from that anyway. I think for the back squat, it doesn't make a lot of sense to go from the ground. That, that seems to be more of a tough guy thing than uh, actual utility. If it's front squat, um, if it's you know coming off a barbell complex, that makes a ton of sense. Uh, but back squat never made a lot of sense for me. And I think that that's totally fine to take from a rack. And, um, and I'll take it one step further and, and, and say that uh, you know most people, it's really weird how fixated they get on this whole it's like there's a rule somewhere that says no racks allowed. And it's like, since when? It's a great tool. Right. I mean, why would you not use use a tool that uh, has so much utility? Um, you know, yeah, it's going to allow uh, a much greater intensity at a safer uh, movement when you're under fatigue. I, 100%. I, yeah, yep. I, I would see no reason to take this from the floor. Nope. And the, the question happens yeah. regularly. And every time I'm like, yeah. You can do what you want, but if you want my strongest yep. recommendation, it is to use a squat rack without question. Yep. Because I also just think of it as a, a risk versus reward thing. There's a, yeah, you know, if, if I miss the clean with 185, the barbell drops in the ground and I go, dang it, uh, let me just rest a bit here and try it again. If I try to just whiz bang, throw two and a quarter into the air and get it right where it should be in my back and it goes poorly, that's a very high risk for a low reward. There's no reward there. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I feel, I feel yeah. the same way. So yeah, it takes a, it takes a lot of confidence with the bar to do that tricky pop off the shoulders and get it in the back rack, you know, and there's certainly lots of people that are sure. skilled and that's fine. Um, especially if you have a, like a very comfortable weightlifting background, Hey, no, no harm, no foul, but most, 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 most. And, and I'll tell you those skills, diminish as you get more <laughs> fatigued so just right. buyer beware <laughs> yep yep well this is uh this is good i hope this episode that we did last time and this one together are just a great useful pair of episodes for people to really dive yeah. into programming and selfishly because i just love this stuff so much i hope that in the comments I learned a whole bunch of new, cool things, ways, techniques, mm. analysis, whatever it is that hadn't crossed my mind because 
I don't care how long you've been doing this. You can always learn something from somebody else and no one is perfect at this. This is, this is to some degree rather complicated stuff we're trying to do. And so sharing of ideas and opinions and best practices, the entire CrossFit community benefits from that. So I'm happy to share. You're happy yeah. to share. And I hope in the comments, spill your guts, everybody, and let's make everybody just better at this. So. Totally. That's one of the most fun things I would say uh, for being involved in CrossFit as long as I have and having, you know, the opportunity to rub shoulders with, you know, friends like you and, and others that I've made throughout the years is that when you get to work out with them, when you get to pick their brain a little bit, it, it's awesome to see how people take a slightly different stance on something and end up with something that you wouldn't have thought of that's really cool. And then you can take that concept back and kind of plug it into your own game. It's it's really fun that way. And I think it's a really healthy cross-pollination. And I'll say one step further too, that when I was younger and more of a novice, I felt more strongly that there was one singular mm. approach that had to be better than. And I would get a lot more not argumentative, but I would I would have much stronger opinions about like, well, it has to be this way or it should be that way. Mm -hmm. And the more experience I get, the more I'm willing to say, oh, that's a really interesting take that I wouldn't have taken. Um, let's figure out why that happened. Let's get behind the logic of it. And if it's there and you can see the progression, it's like, oh, what a cool thing to have a different perspective that you can then take back and, and try to integrate as well. So uh, right before my closing remarks is one thing that just popped in my head and I'll say as well, and I would recommend this for everybody, which is I have probably three or four other programmers that I really know, like, and trust their uh, ability to do it and do it well. And they're honest people, you know, yourself being one of them. And, I, and I'm not afraid to bounce ideas off people. Or if mm -hmm. I get stuck on something, I share a Google Doc with somebody yeah. before I'm like, hey, I'm highlighting this week. Check this out. What, There's something about think? it yeah. I don't like, you know, and like, yep. check this out, you know, call me out on this. And that will keep you so honest. And that yep. other set of ideas that that slightly different brain looking at the same week will illuminate something that your brain didn't see, and it will be better for it. So yeah, yeah, keep, yeah. keep yourself open to that. But that's it, everybody. We hey, as we said, we love interacting with everybody. We love reading the comments. It drives future content for the show. If you've got ideas, put them in there. Just, you know, go crazy writing about programming. I can't wait to hear <laughs> about it. Hope you enjoyed all the content that we put out here, specifically these last two episodes have been some of my favorites, selfishly. So as always, for Adrian Bosman, I'm Pat Sherwood, and we will see you next time.